marijuana, grass, reefer, blunt, Mary Jane, pot, weed, cannabis, and herb. No matter what you call it, the cannabis plant is finally getting respect from the medical community. However, it's still battling for acceptance both federally, universally, and socially. Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, a podcast focused on the cannabis industry, both here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and around these great United States. Joining me in studio today is Eric Williams from Will and Way Consulting. Eric, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. It's a real pleasure to be here. I, and we've already had a lot of nice talks and got to know you a little bit better, and I appreciate that even more. So, uh, just so everybody knows, we are coming to you from the Little Park Studios in Wellesley, Massachusetts. You can hear this podcast regularly at clnsmedia.com or on Twitter at clnsmedia. CLNS Media is also has a uh, YouTube channel and a Facebook page as they expand from just sports podcasts into lifestyle topics, and that would be the cannabis industry. So, Eric, how long have you been involved as a consultant for the cannabis industry? And tell me a little bit background about the Will and Way or Will and Way. Sure, uh, I've been a consultant in the cannabis industry for the past uh, six years. Uh, I was heavily involved as an activist in getting uh, the industry up and running for a solid two years before then. Um, and, and one of the reasons that you have to be a consultant is one of my major clients for the first couple of years uh, was a company called Mindful in Colorado. Uh, and you have to be a consultant essentially uh, in order to work for them. Otherwise, you have to be a, 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 to be a regular employee. You have to be a resident of Colorado. So uh, there was about four years ago that I left them as my major client and started consulting around the country. Uh, it was really started with business development, and as things were exploding around the country, uh, I really saw a need to bring everything together. Uh, what you saw were folks who had their heads down in a lot of ways. They're focusing on Colorado, or they're focusing on Washington, or they're focusing on uh, on Arizona, or what have you. And, and what we found was a real disjointed effort uh, amongst the industry in getting technology and products and services and best practices accepted. So I've been consulting around the country, and right now we have uh, clients and work in 11 states and uh, three countries besides the United States. That's amazing. And of course, as we were talking before we, we came on the show, uh, you explained not only is every state different as far as the rules, regulations, and laws, but each municipality can be different too, no matter where they end up, if the municipality actually allows uh, medical dispensaries in those communities. That, that's a battle in, in, unto itself, isn't it? I, I'd actually say that that is the most important <laughs> battle. Uh, you know, it, it's, it can be frustrating for a lot of folks who have, you know, multi-million dollar uh, investments into a business that hasn't yet got up and running. And one person on one board on the local level can really tank all of those plans. But, you know, a lot of states have uh, a limited licensing um, on the state level. So they're only going to allow a certain amount of licenses to come in. But what we're finding is there is an artificial limitation of licensing, and that goes right on down to the local level. It's the zoning. It's whether or not they want to allow it as a whole. It's the other processes that they put into place. Now, there's... Uh 
different laws in different states. I think it's 29 states now. Plus the District of Columbia, yes. Plus D.C. And uh, some have uh, totally legalized it. California has finally uh, opened their doors for recreational sales. And it's funny, since January 1st, I really haven't seen how that's going. Mm-hmm. You can probably give me, how is that going in I California? Could. Well, well, first of all, I, I want to say I, I don't like using the term recreational sales. I okay. really prefer adult use. Okay. What we've found around the country is it's, it's not just recreational. It's about health and wellness for yep. a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I prefer to use that term. California, and we've got interests and clients in California, um, it, it's, it's still working itself out. Um, clearly, we had a thriving black market. We had a Prop 215 market, which is the medical that was out there. Now, when we have the licenses on dispensaries that have opened up, we've got uh, a lot of them stockpiled as much as they possibly could before December 31st and are rolling through that inventory. You've seen a precipitous drop in the Prop 215 or the medical uh, price of, of cannabis out there. It's, it's dropped down to as low as $800 a pound, which is ridiculously low. Um, but there's also a huge shortage um, that's going to that is uh, already popping up in some places, some dispensaries. But I think the whole industry is is looking at a, a strong shortage of people because they have to have the licensure from the uh, from the cultivator and the distributor, then to the the actual licensed dispensaries. I, I'm still really uh, strong on how California is going to play out as a market as a whole, but right now there's a lot of kinks to be worked out. And there's a lot of culture that needs to be worked out as well. Um, As the Commonwealth of Massachusetts writes its laws, they have their final public hearings over the next few weeks here in the Commonwealth. And then uh, we'll start getting into, I believe, uh, adult use licenses. How'd I do? Much better. I do. I'm a quick learner. Okay. (laughs) I am totally a quick learner. Um, There are um, obviously different laws for different things. Which state do you believe out of the 29 is the best role model for new states like Massachusetts? That, that, that's a really great question. And, and the easy answer is just picking one. I don't believe that there is one. I think that the best uh, uh, rules and regulations and laws uh, really pertain to the individual state. Uh, you know, here in, in Massachusetts, there's a lot of, of strong local control. Uh, and so that's working well for the state of Massachusetts. Um, I think that the rules so far uh, are strong with the adult use. I have some, some concerns in those, and I'd be happy to talk about some of them. And mm-hmm. I have participated uh, um, in the um, um, in, in some of the public hearings. Mm-hmm. But I would lay it out like this, and this is the most broad, general way to say it: having a strong, healthy, competitive market that serves a, a, a wide spectrum of patients is the best way to go. Having open competition, um, while also not allowing certain people to um, really just drown everyone out by having massive uh, amounts of money invested and being able to lose dollars for a long time. The race to the cheapest uh, uh, price marijuana is not where uh, is not where a strong uh, industry lies. Yeah, interesting. I'm sitting in the waiting room of the uh, the latest dispensary to open in Massachusetts here in Needham, Massachusetts, right next to Wellesley yesterday. And sure enough, there's a 21-year-old in there. And he and I were discussing. He, of course, was uh, complaining about the cost of shatter and wax. And he was comparing it to others. And I reprimanded the kid. I said, you're 21 years old. 
okay? I've been waiting for this for 40 years, okay? And the fact that you can get it and you can actually start price comparing, and to me, the whole thing is fascinating. What I think we've seen more than anything else is democracy and capitalism working. Right. And this is a brand new industry. In Massachusetts, they're projecting a $2 billion worth of uh, revenue by 2020, which is only two years away. So needless to say, there is going to be a lot of changes. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, supply versus demand issues. And to me, if I was a uh, economics researcher, this would be a fascinating study over the next five years. Oh, it, it's a completely fascinating story, uh, study. You know, we've seen that the, the, the ways that the products come on to market uh, really dovetail with the education of the patients or the consumers. Um, and, and right now, people in the state of Massachusetts, they don't know the wax and the shatters very well. Some do clearly, but not the wide, uh, uh, the wide spectrum of patients. And, and consumers, uh, I think that that's the way that uh, that's really going to be the jobs of the individual licensees and at the dispensary level, ones that focus on education, ones that take the time to actually speak with the patients. That's what starts to drive where people are. And unfortunately, part of that education, um, I, I'd say, has had a very negative effect. And that is the notion, and I use this all the time, people keep talking about gummy bears. Yeah. First of all, there are no legal gummy bears anywhere in America right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a state that allows legal gummy bears. But people seem to think that while they don't want to smoke, even though actually smoking and inhalation is the easiest way for you to judge your immediate effect, um, and they take something so benign as a small gummy, and that goes into their system, and they just don't understand, or, or they've gotten it from someone illegally, to do that kind of thing without an education, without an expectation. It's medicine. It is medicine. You shouldn't just be taking it from someone handing it to you on a corner. Right. And I've actually talked to the medical community and the pharmaceutical community about those issues as well. And needless to say, they've gone, they've spent lots of money of their own to go to school and get their degrees and all this. And then all of a sudden, they're going into this medical dispensary and it's being dispensed by people in their 20s who've only been in the business as long as the business has been around. Well, that's very true. I think that that's what, uh, you know, that's where patients and consumers really need to do their homework and figure out what is right for them. And, and if you are getting someone who, uh, if you come to the counter and you say, I've got, and their first thing is, this is great weed, this is what I smoke, that's not the way that, that a patient should be actually working with, uh, with, their, with their bud tender or their patient consultant. Right. You know, it's so funny. Uh, <clears throat> back in the day, let's just say, uh, we would get some product, and it was always like, hey, you know, where did it come from? And, oh, it's Colombian. Oh, it's Mexican. Oh, it's Panama Red. It's, it's you know, Acapulco Gold, right, Mexican and Colombia. After all, that was where it was being cultivated back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, let's mm-hmm. just say. And it was always like, hey, this is really good shit, man, right? I mean, how do you explain that to a 70-year-old who comes in, who suffers from arthritis, never done it before, and asks, I just want the good shit. Well, what does that mean? It's it, like, it come is. on, it's all good. It's medicine for crying out loud. What do you need? 
Exactly. And and that's what um, I, I know at Revolutionary Clinics, we really pride ourselves on education as a whole. Um, and it's not just the people who are coming in for the first time. And you're sort of, I don't want to say dumbing down, but you're making the education right-sized for them. So we do have great training in teaching people how uh, um, to use the various products. Sometimes they walk in, they don't even understand some of the products that we have. Right. Um, but we start off with t- with asking them some questions. What do you have? What are the ways that it presents in different parts of your day or in your week? You know, clearly a Friday night uh, um, after a whole day of, of, or a whole week of working is a very different thing than a Monday morning. Um, and, and also, again, it really pre- the ways that people have con- uh, conditions and the ways they present uh, rarely allow for just one uh, um, optimum delivery mechanism. But not only knowing that side, but also being able to really well converse or converse well with the, per- the patients and consumers who are very knowledgeable and who have been on the black market or the gray market for, for years, being able to speak with them as well as someone who comes in and says, I have arthritis. My grandson told me this was a, a great thing for him. Um, help me. Being able to make those people feel comfortable being treated with dignity and getting the medicine that they need to improve their well-being and their lifestyle, that, that's a sacred trust. And make sure that the people that you were speaking with hold that trust sacred. Yeah, absolutely. And you already kind of uh, gave us a great example about the, um, the edible the edible options. Mm-hmm. And as you're right, people know walking in the door, for the most part, I don't want to smoke it, even though, as we say, it probably is the quickest way to enjoy the effects of it and get some benefits out of it. Plus, you can really gauge. It's almost instantaneous. Right. It, it, it's, it's impossible for someone to say, I didn't know how much I was smoking at that point, because you're taking one inhalation, and anyone can do it who is listening now just... That's a big inhalation. You can do it yourself. Uh, and, and that's a way for you to know almost instantaneously the effect that it's going to have on you. Whereas other things, uh, particularly, again, the, the waxes and shatters, if people are dabbing those, those are larger hits that are going to come at once. And when you have things like edibles, anytime that's going into your gastrointestinal system, it's from me, it's going to change day to day from what I've eaten that day, any other kind of exercise that I've had and the, the actual way that it's, it's, it's baked into or applied to the edible. All of those are going to have very different things and it can last, you know, kick in from 20 minutes after you've taken it to two and a half hours. After right. You've taken exactly. It. And, and of course that therein lies the, not so much the danger, but the challenges, the challenge, well put the challenges because uh, less is more. You definitely want to start with low doses first just to see how your body affects. Everybody's metabolism is different. Uh, it, I know it definitely has uh, an effect whether you're a first-timer or a multi-timer, if you will. Yes. And so it's really uh, – but, but let's cut right to the chase. I got my card for the third year. I'm now – I think the program in Massachusetts is just over two years old. And I've had it since its inception because of I suffer from arthritis. Mm-hmm. And – I'm, I was finally impressed with the doctor who I met with who basically renewed my license. He was the first guy who sat me down and talked about 
dosing and how much is the dosing. And it was between seven milligrams and 20 milligrams is probably the average uh, adult dose. And I was, I was blown away. A, that I finally have a guideline. And I'm not going to name names of the various dispensaries I've been to or whatever, because that's really not fair. I'm still in that learning phase, as I right. think many people are. Um, but how, how is it that if the doctor has my whole history and the state has it too because I'm registered there, and then I go into a dispensary, why, why can't – I've already signed off the HIPAA and the private information, right – why can't the local dispensary already have identified what my symptoms are, what my issues are, so that when you come to the uh, window, they know, oh, Mr. Young, I see you suffer from arthritis because of your four surgeries. Obviously, you need a product that's high in CBD, and we'll explain what CBD is next because I think that's a very important factor. CBD, of course, is the active anti-inflammatory component that is naturally produced in the cannabis. Right. How'd I do? That's pretty damn good. I'm getting good. I'm telling you, I think it's the education of this that I'm probably the most passionate about mm-hmm. because I'm, I want to know what the heck's going in my body and how much of it's in my body and what of kind course. of effect. And yes, I'll admit I've had edible issues. Uh, two stories, and I don't even want to tell them. Okay, I don't even want to tell. Them. Actually, I think we all want to hear those stories. Well, at this we can point. tell that. How about that'll be episode two of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young? Yes, mm-hmm. you are listening to the In the Weeds podcast with Jimmy Young, available on the clnsmedia.com website and on iTunes, and you can follow CLNS Media on Twitter.